0: Once upon a time, in a kingdom far, far away, there lived an emperor who was fond of clothes, and one day two charlatans entered his kingdom and convinced the emperor that they would be able to make an outfit for him that could only be seen by intelligent people. The fraudulent weavers pretended to work on the emperor's new suit, all the while squirreling away gold and silk and other precious items, and as the story goes, they ended up producing nothing for the emperor. Convinced that only stupid people were unable to see the new clothes, all of the people of the land, including the emperor, balked and claimed that they could see the emperor's new clothing. A child finally broke the delusion by remarking that the emperor was sans clothing. The townspeople then admitted that they had been tricked. On today's episode of Think Significantly, we're gonna discuss pluralistic ignorance. That phenomenon where everybody knows was afraid that they're the only one in the know and in turn, keep quiet about what everyone else is thinking. Hello, everyone. I'm Melissa, and I am joined by my marvelous co-host, Pete.
1: Hello, hello, everyone. What a way to kick things off today. The uh, the Emperor's new clothes.
0: Well, more like the Emperor's no clothes, but sure. Yes, yes.
1: Right, and out of the mouth of babes, it took a child to clue everyone in.
0: I mean, doesn't it always?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, generally, yes. Uh, they're usually less concerned about what people think about them.
0: Exactly. And what we're unpacking today is definitely a situation of no one believes, but everyone thinks that everyone believes.
1: <laughs> right. Indeed. Yes. Uh, pluralistic ignorance, right? Where yep. the majority is concerned about a topic, but erroneously believe that they are in the minority with their concern.
0: Absolutely. Lots of the topics fall into this pit. Pollution racial strife, drinking on campus. Basically, if you have a peer pressure situation, it is a good chance of qualifying as pluralistic ignorance.
1: You know, Melissa, I'm really glad that you just brought up peer pressure. I think that's a great parallel. Uh it's a concept that we've been familiar with since since we were kids. I remember tons of of ad campaigns about how peer pressure is bad.
0: I can still hear Nancy Reagan telling us to just say no.
1: Oh my goodness. You are old, <laughs> but, yes, but yes, I think that's an easy concept for people to understand uh, because of how common the concept of peer pressure is. So with pluralistic ignorance, it's exactly like peer pressure, except we're the ones pressuring ourselves based on what we think other people believe. We, we pressure ourselves to comply with our perception.
0: I could, I could hear the inner workings of your brain trying to piece that together as you were going. <laughs> yeah, it's, you it's, smell the
1: smoke, yeah.
0: Right, like it's, it's intense, right? <laughs> it, it really is. It's like this whole mind game. You got to like, yeah, it's crazy. So like we're not even waiting for the guy at the party to offer us a beer. We're already convincing ourselves or we're already convinced that we're expected to drink because we think that everyone else is going to drink.
1: That, that's a great example. Pluralistic ignorance is preemptive peer pressure.
0: And you know what's crazy is that the peers are feeling the same way. Like all of this pressure is conjured; it's all imagined.
1: Absolutely. And you touched on why people do this, or, or, or I guess, accurately, more accurately, why they don't do something. They don't want to be seen as an other.
0: Oh right, I could see it going either way. They just don't want to be seen as an other. I got it. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely.
1: But I think it's important to make a distinction that uh, this is not something called the bystander effect, right? They're similar, similar, but different. The bystander effect is associated with pluralistic ignorance, but not the same.
0: Okay. Yeah. I know you're, I know you're going with this. So splice this out for us, Pete.
1: Sure. I'd be, I'd be happy to actually. Um, So the bystander effect, Mm -hmm. which uh, I think we're all uh, well versed in, in in theory and or, and, and and practice Mm -hmm. is an instance when, uh, something happens, usually uh, the scenarios that are painted are people in need of help. Yes. Um, so when they do uh, like an experiment to test these things, there's a situation where somebody needs assistance. Yep. And before a person will respond to the person in need of help, they'll look around to see if anyone else is helping. Mm-hmm. And if no one else is doing anything, then the the individual will fail to act because they either don't perceive it to be important enough or where they don't want to violate the norms of the people around them.
0: Well, I have to say that I've been guilty of this myself, uh, unfortunately. Um, and I can clearly see how this ties into pluralistic ignorance because most people are thinking that whatever's happening in front of them is a totally a big deal, but with nobody else reacting, like you start to think to yourself, oh, like I am totally making a mountain out of a molehill here.
1: Right. Precisely. Precisely. And and what's fascinating to me is the more people that are present, the less likely the individual is to act.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's, that's normative influence at work there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When we conform in order to be liked or accepted by group members, Uh, even if that group is, is merely a crowd of people that we have no other association with, Mm -hmm. uh, we automatically want to behave in a way that puts us in alignment with them.
0: Yeah. And those individuals don't want to cause trouble within the group, even if it is just this group that just cropped up. Right. So they choose to go along with what everyone else is going along with. They don't want to appear as an outsider.
1: Right. And that's exactly what happened in your, in your opening, in your, uh. The Hans Christian Andersen story The yeah. the, uh, the townspeople there all could see that the emperor wasn't wearing clothes, but didn't want to be the one to speak up and say so. Yeah. Right. That, that, that contributed to their self-deception. They, they thought that everyone else could see them and they didn't want to be the ones to, to be different, um, and, and reveal themselves as not being able to see these clothes.
0: Right. Well, I think what compounds that issue, though, right, is that you have that added issue of them. The the what's at stake here is that they'll be seen as being stupid. Yes, like that's like, what that's right. what really is at stake there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a fantastic add on to that. Right.
0: Yeah, because yeah. Now, now the stakes are higher if I if I pipe up. Right. right. I don't want to be the village idiot suddenly because. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, uh, you, you might know where I'm going next with this. So I'm going to say that this is related to the spiral of silence theory. Oh,
1: okay. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I know I've, I've tried to loop you into this before because I'm, I'm definitely, this is my jam. Mm-hmm. So spiral of silence theory, if you're not familiar with it out there in listener land, conjured up by Elizabeth Noel Newman, who was a German political scientist. This theory is like got a foot in both the political science camp. And the mass communication world. And this theory states that a social group or even a society has the power to exclude members due to their opinions. And because of that threat, people will often remain silent instead of voicing their opinions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. You and I have discussed this, uh, the spiral of science theory before. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and absolutely the, the media is a major influencer uh, in what people perceive as a dominant idea.
0: Absolutely, hundred percent. Yes, the two big things with spiral of silence is that you don't want to be shunned, and the media's got is got to take in this. Yes, and and it's not that I, I believe that we should ever be taking our cues from mainstream media, but yet we do. We do.
1: Well, it's I mean we see with twenty four hour news cycle, we we see it as a reflection of society, right? We we believe that they're that they're telling us what's going on.
0: Right, we turn on the news to see what's going on when actually it's the tail wagging the dog in many instances, but mm-hmm. I feel like that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, okay, write that one down, Pete, yeah. Got it, got it. There you go. So in the case of pluralistic ignorance, as one opinion gains interest, like the amount of exposure it's getting increases. And then the public starts to believe like, oh, that's the majority when it's not even accurate and and the perceived minority again perceived underscored highlighted you know asterisks there f- who is very scared of being isolated from society unless they conform they start getting quieter 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 until the perceived minority becomes silent
1: yeah and as i like to say when i lead a meeting silence is compliance
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: silence sets the opinion of the perceived majority as a societal norm
0: which which is not the norm at all right right We've just been made to think that it's the norm. I feel like I got to get my tinfoil hat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no. I smell a
0: conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yes.
1: Well, while you're doing that, uh, give me uh, just a moment and I'll make a distinction that pluralistic ignorance is not the false consensus effect.
0: Right. Yes. True. The
1: false, the false consensus effect leads people to wrongly believe that the majority agrees with them when the majority, in fact, openly disagrees with them. Mm -hmm. Pluralistic ignorance, on the contrary, leads people to wrongly believe that they disagree with the majority when the majority, in fact, covertly agrees with them.
0: Yeah, that's an inversion (coughs) of pluralistic ignorance, thinking that your opinion is widely shared instead of thinking that you are unique in your beliefs. It's the opposite, for sure.
1: That's a good way to think about it. Uh, As you can imagine, pluralistic ignorance comes with its share of negative impacts.
0: Oh yeah. You don't have to convince me. Absolutely not. Yeah. One of the pivotal aspects of this is that it makes us feel like we're alone, even among like our friends, which if you think you go in our way back time machine to our first episode about how important human connection is for us and what negative effects feelings of loneliness can have on us, that now, like now we're talking about something really important here.
1: Ah, yes, our first episode. I remember it well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, but feelings of isolation or uniqueness, they, they increase our stress. Uh, they cause people to withdraw from interactions with the group and uh, can have a detrimental effect on our mental health if if left unchecked for a period of time.
0: Yes, I like how you said cause people to withdraw from interactions <laughs> with the group as opposed to from the ATM. Yeah, exactly. Right. That, that was a good recap. I feel, I feel like you learned something from our podcast. You're going to Yay. pass the quiz. Yay. Yeah, I paid
1: attention. Woo.
0: Right. Great recap. So, yes. And so what's Pete, what Pete is talking about is definitely our first episode uh, entitled 57 Channels and Nothing's On. You can get it wherever you're getting this podcast from. Uh, in that episode, we talked about being genuine. And one of the other negative impacts of pluralistic ignorance is that it gets us out of that genuine state of being, yeah, so this is like having like a little bit full circle. I'm having a moment.
1: right, yeah, it's it's' we're, we're actually starting to uh to become self-referential, right we're 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 focusing back on things that we've said in the past. This is really weird.
0: Excuse me, while I while I pause a moment and quote myself. <laughs> yes, I'm going to put myself in my own paper here. I'm yes. going to reference myself. Yes, yes good indeed.
1: Yes, yes. Right. Hmm. Oh gosh. Yes, but to get back, to get us back on track.
0: Please.
1: Yeah. So, in many cases, pluralistic ignorance leads us to change our behavior based on what we perceive others' behaviors to be. There's associated research in high school populations that showed a correlation between the misperceptions about the frequency of activities like drinking, sex, drug use, and studying, and the associated behaviors with people who held those misperceptions.
0: Okay. Well, first of all, I love how you're like sex, drug, rock and roll and studying.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't my study. I didn't get to set it up.
0: All right. All right. Oh, well, I'm familiar with this. So let me, let me try to paint a little picture here. All right, so we've got the jocks, quote unquote, who are generally considered to have a high social standing, at least at this, at least at these high schools during this study and students just generally the student body assume that the jocks drank more when in fact they did not, but because the jocks were of this high social standing, they just associated this behavior with them. Okay. All right. So Mm -hmm. we got that part.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Right.
0: All right. Okay. So the, the jocks are not drinking, but the non-jocks think that the jocks are drinking. It's all in their mind, all right? It's not an patrol of what's happening, but, but then they're like, oh, I'm going to mimic that jock behavior, which is not even jock behavior, right? Okay, so we got that piece of it. Now, go to the other side of it, and in the study, um, the student body, again, at large, perceive the nerds. I'm not even doing quote-unquote because I'm talking about myself here, same walk. Right. Right. right, it's got me very far in life. Yes, perceived the nerds as studying more than they actually were, but th- this did not motivate the student body to study any longer or harder. It didn't have the same social allure because at the time of the study, the the nerds were not held in as high of a social standing as say the jocks, sure. which we've we've all progressed since then because hello right bill gates anyone hello yeah, right. now it's like it's Nerd the new... world that's right hello yes yeah. absolutely
1: and and the really fascinating part of that is that the the starkest contrast the, the highest level of misperception between uh behavior be, between the perceived behavior and reality was was within the group it wasn't it wasn't from group to group like it wasn't it wasn't the uh the art kids that thought the jocks drank more than they did uh that wasn't the biggest disparity the biggest disparity was a jock thinking that another jock was was drinking way more than what the reality was so it's it wasn't it was amazingly like self-blind <laughs> you know you like talk about not knowing your in-group at all
0: yeah, that's wild. I, I didn't know that part of the study. I didn't. So it was like the pole vaulters thought that the football guys were drinking more. So the pole vaulters drank more.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure they got to that level of granularity, but, but, but yes.
0: Well, allow me to build upon the research. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, if you are a pole vaulter, be sure to write us that just kidding. Uh, Besides, you know, I love a theme and a good pun, so I wouldn't do drinking. I would see if they were high because the pole vaulting, I would just, yeah, I'd have to go with that. But sure. Okay.
1: Got
0: it. (laughs) Yes. So it's interesting that we, we, we kind of kicked off with that study because it's not too far from the most well-known study or maybe one of the most well-known studies that was conducted on this topic in 1993. Sure. You had two researchers, you had Deborah Prentice, you had Dale Miller. So Prentice and Miller, I hate to keep harping on the same sort of of issue here, but this is the study. They studied the effects of alcohol consumption on a college campus. And they found that pluralistic ignorance was responsible for students being more accepting of and participating in excessive drinking at campus parties.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: As soon as I think pluralistic ignorance, that's like my go-to. I was like, oh yes, the 1993 study. Yes, right. Well,
1: right. Who doesn't? I mean, honestly. And it, <laughs> and I mean, when, when, when you consider that we're really based on like, this is so tightly, as, as we said before, so tightly tied to the concept of peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really not that surprising that I think drinking is so heavily studied, Probably. uh, as, as one of the most prevalent, uh, activities that peer pressure is levied in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So but back to the research, they showed uh, through their studies that students drank more than they than they wanted to because they wrongly assumed that their peers supported it, when in reality, most of the student body felt uncomfortable with it.
0: And you know what's crazy is that when the school tried to curb drinking with an information campaign, like they actually went out and tried to like be... be- be forthright and give like correct information and explain that few students actually thought that drinking was cool. Nobody believed the messages.
1: You can't trust the man, you know, that you can't trust the man when he's telling you stuff like that. (laughs) Everybody believed that it was just propaganda from the, from the administration to get them to curb a behavior that they felt like the adults didn't approve of. So of course they weren't going to listen to it. They were, they were not part of the in-group so they weren't going to believe that the that this message had any validity and, it, and even though it did i mean to to really change their minds the call would have to come from inside the house
0: right i just i just fi- i just fixed it my um i uprighted my tinfoil hat for as, as i said <laughs> yes right yes so even just- when presented with the truth the source of the message changes how effective the information is So for Mm -hmm. all you strategic communications majors out there, yes, take note. Yes. Uh, And I think we should, I'm adding to my future podcast episode list here. I'm going to, I think we should save this for a deeper dive later on.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Let's do that. Yeah. yeah,
0: How effective it is, who says it, how timely it has to be.
1: Absolutely. I love this. That'll, that'll be a great, that'll be a great conversation. But before we get there, I want to point out that there are some limited benefits to pluralistic ignorance, uh, believe it or not.
0: believe you yeah yeah the mechanics of it really aren't all that different but the perceived behavior is what makes it a positive instead of a negative outcome
1: yeah it's very it's very Machiavellian but that's it exactly right right yeah I know I know I know your feelings about about uh
0: and justifies the means. yeah,
1: yeah yeah it's still pluralistic ignorance right it's still it's still a assumption of other people's feelings vice your own Mm -hmm. but in this case it causes a behavior change that is seen as a moral or ethical good Mm -hmm. uh so yeah in this case the ends justify the means the 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 self-deception is gonna result in a a positive right from a moral or ethical perspective
0: An example of this is if someone has the opportunity to bribe an official, you know, like to, I don't know, help them get a permit or pass an inspection, you know, slip a little 20 under the desk. If they perceive that they'll be violating group norms by doing so, then it would keep them from attempting a payoff. So even if everyone in the office is thinking about doing it, having a culture that values ethical behavior can help keep people
1: in line. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, it it makes sense, right? I mean, it's all dependent on whether the, the behavior itself is positive or negative about whether or not the, the effect is positive or negative. And that may be a great thing in limited circumstances like that, but at the risk of normalizing bribery, uh, let's talk about how we can make sure that we aren't falling into the trap of pluralistic ignorance ourselves. Shall we?
0: (laughs) Shall, shall we? Yes, yes, we shall. We shall. You know, I was just thinking about this whole, you know, you know, when we're talking about the shopping carts.
1: Uh-huh. Oh yeah, sure. And, and another, an, another, another reference to a former episode. Great. Yeah.
0: But no, it totally is relevant here because it's this, like, we look around, we're like, is anyone else doing shady stuff?
1: Absolutely. Is anyone right. else
0: doing some shoddy behavior? Well, right. there, I have complete permission to engage myself. Right. Right.
1: right. And, and right. And. I mean, specifically the part that we talked about, about when the norms are violated and it breaks down our perception that the norms mean anything, right? So we start breaking norms left and right. So yeah, it's absolutely tied in together. That's a great point.
0: Absolutely. All right. So we were going to, uh, we're going to talk how we can avoid falling into the pluralistic ignorance trap. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm going to, let me do one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say that. Well, I'm going to call it the most important thing because I'm kicking it off, but it might not be the most important thing with the superlative, but let's say um, a good thing to do is to be aware that we're in a situation where we feel like we have a belief that is in the minority in the group we're in.
1: Right, right.
0: Get aware, stay alert, stay alive. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: absolutely right. If we're not, uh, if we aren't thinking significantly oh. about, yeah, you like that? If oh. about... Yeah about where we are and what's going on around us, it's, it's impossible to course correct, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it is the most important thing because if you don't realize you're in the situation, there's no way to get out of it. Yep. Right? So what, what should someone do once they realize they're feeling like they're in that sort of uh, uh, pluralistic ignorance uh, fostering situation?
0: I going to say predicament, but I like a fostering situation <laughs> as much as the next guy. So, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, well, we know that one of the impediments for people is looking like they don't share the same beliefs or knowledge as the rest of the group. So a quick and easy way to find out the truth without risking unnecessary exposure, you know, you would think would be like to discreetly ask someone close to you what they think about the situation.
1: Oh, that's, that's clever. That's, I mean, that's really good.
0: I would just text you and be like, burr, burr, dirt. and I'll like, <laughs> be like, okay, not just yeah. me,
1: right? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if you and I were in the same meeting, you would just give me the side eye and I'd be like, yeah, I don't know what they're saying either. I don't know.
0: <laughs> you'd be like, I don't agree at all. I don't agree.
1: With that. <laughs> right, right. But that gets to the truth of the issue, right? Potentially without a huge risk of exposure on, on your part. So you can, mm-hmm. you can just like tug on the sleeve of the person next to you and be like, Hey, did you understand what they're talking about there? Like, does that make sense to you? And if they say no, that's the end of it, right? You're not asking the whole group. You're not going to be ostracized from the group, um, but you, but you have a chance to have somebody else say, "Yeah, no, I don't get that at all." So right. th- it'll dispel that that feeling that I'm the only one that's not picking up what's being put down here.
0: Mm-hmm. And even if that one person con- confirms. My belief, I I guess, I think it's important to say that it doesn't necessarily mean that they're represented the entire group. You know, I'm a research scientist. And so I'm like an N of one doesn't mean you're gonna have significant results.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Like the next logical step is then to connect with whatever kind of support's available to you. So it could be a formal group. It could just be a friend group. But I think the important aspect is that, you know, you can express your genuine feelings here.
1: Right. Right, because once we feel that our that our status in the group isn't uh, isn't at risk, yeah, we're more likely to speak up with questions or ideas that might be a little quirky or a little oh, uh, outside of the norm, um, because yeah. we feel comfortable enough to express ourselves.
0: Right, I don't feel like I'm going to get booted out of bed reading crackers.
1: Right, well, not on the yeah. first
0: go. Maybe about yeah. the tenth time, people yeah. will be like. Come on, man!
1: It's <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, and and asking questions, right? Seeking knowledge is really the linchpin of getting around pluralistic ignorance. If, if we have a common theme over all these episodes, right? We're like, the more knowledge you have, the less likely you will be taken for a ride in life. Yes.
1: Yeah. No, we should yeah. we should make a name for this podcast that has something about I don't know using your brain in it.
0: <laughs> well, we'll get to that, right? It's still in <laughs> production. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I know we know humans are not particularly adroit at reading minds. We're using our tuition to figure out how others really feel.
1: For sure. So yeah.
0: instead of making assumptions to fill in our gaps in our knowledge, I say everyone should evoke their inner three-year-old and ask questions. Just rapid fire: Why? Why? Why?
1: <laughs> that would be so uh, annoying. But yeah, yes,
0: good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but why is the carpet blue and why is the wall white?
0: Right. Yes. Yeah,
1: no, I like you would definitely get knowledge, but I'm not sure it'd be useful. <laughs> right. But if we, if we walk away from this understanding that, that pluralistic ignorance as a phenomenon is fairly common. Mm-hmm. I hope that it will give us the confidence to speak up when we're feeling that group pressure on us, that that when we feel like we're the only one that's not getting mm-hmm. something, because okay. I, I know I'm going to try to remember the next time I'm in a meeting and I feel this way, that the, the question that's on the tip of my tongue is the same one that probably most other people want to ask and are just too afraid to.
0: Right. And you know that feeling of of relief when someone finally asks the question
1: absolutely that you
0: are dying to ask like it's being in class and teachers like any questions and you're like i have no idea what they're talking about (laughs) right and that one like really smart girl up front she's like i'm sorry what's on the test and you're like oh thank god she asked because
1: (laughs) right right when they when they give when they give conflicting instructions they're like oh yeah, this will be due on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, when you turn that in and you're like, well, no, 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 no.
0: Right, you're so, like, I'll right. figure it out later. Right, and <laughs>
1: exactly. Asks,
0: and you're like, oh, thank goodness you asked. Because, and they're like, yeah, exactly. Yes. Right, oh boy. Well, I feel like I've earned my keep today. I feel like we have made the world a better place by discussing yet another obscure topic. I mean, that, <laughs> that's what we do. That's that, how we do.
1: That That is how we do.
0: I know. All right, Pete, want to wrap us up?
1: Yeah, it would be my honor. All right. All right. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion today about pluralistic ignorance. As always, we'd love to hear from you, our significant others. Let's continue the conversation on social media. We'd love to hear what you liked about this episode and what you think we missed. We're also looking to take any suggestions that you have for future episodes. What would you like to hear us tackle?
0: In, ad- this, in addition to the list that we already conjured up during this podcast, right? If you have right. anything else that you'd like to hear about, let right. us know. Yes. So the way you can do that is you can reach out to us on social media. Uh, Pete's personal phone number is just, kidding. <laughs> we, can, we can be found on Instagram and Twitter at think and on Facebook, if you search for think significantly. And uh, we hope that you'll join us again next week. We'll be discussing the Dunning Kruger effect. Can't wait to discuss this. Uh, mm. We have a fun little working title for that one already. Yeah,
1: that's going to be yeah. tasty.
0: Mm-hmm. Until then, remember to think significantly about the world around you.